Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What up, TZK Potters? I'm your host, Sky Guasco, and this is episode 106 of the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Podcast. Today, I'm joined by the newest member of the TCK pod, Lucas Kaser, as we discuss our updated rankings from my first session in June. This episode covers the quarterbacks and running backs, and next episode will cover the wide receivers and tight ends. Quick announcement before we get going today, we have officially opened submissions for the 2019 TCK pod listener league and are accepting listeners in our 12-team full PPR league, but we have only a few spots left. So if you're interested in joining the lead, send us a email to tckpod at gmail.com or shoot us a DM on Instagram at fantasyfootball underscore tckpod immediately so we can get you in the league if there's still room. Please drop the hashtag tckpodll, that's t-c-k-p-o-d-l-l, with one thing you appreciate about the podcast and one thing I can work on moving forward that helps me a lot understand what y'all enjoy and appreciate and also some constructive criticism for me moving forward. That will enter you in for a chance to be included in the 2019 TCK Pod Listener League and the chosen participants will be announced over the next few weeks leading up to draft season. The draft itself is set for Wednesday, September 4th, NFL kickoff eve. Enough business for now, though. Let's talk some football. We've got a lot to cover, so let's get into it. Special guest today, Lucas. Very excited to have you on, man. It's been a long time coming. We've been talking for the last couple of uh, weeks to get you involved here with the podcast. Stoked to have a new team member here on the TCK pod. Welcome in and uh, excited to get moving with you. Yeah, thank you. Finally, uh, I'm glad it took you a little while to respond since you're on vacation, but I'm glad you did. Um, I saw the Big Dogs Fantasy uh, interview podcast you did, and that kind of inspired me to reach out in a sense to you. Um, I saw the potential that you have as well as the channel has, so I thought it'd be a good uh, fit for me. Um, yeah, I've been playing fantasy football for six, seven years now. I'm 19 years old. I go to Iowa State. I am a MIS major, so basically I just like numbers, if that makes sense to uh, all you guys listening. Uh, but I'm trying to get an emphasis in football, so obviously I reached out to you to get more of my content spread out and help you out. Well, I appreciate it, man, and that's awesome. Uh, obviously, a numbers brain is great to have in the world of fantasy football, so I think that that will benefit you greatly. And, yeah, sorry for the delay, man. I have been a little MIA in general uh, with the Instagram, and um, we've had the podcast uh, episodes dropping, but I've been a little bit slow on replies. I was in Europe with my family for the last two weeks. Uh, we had an excellent time, uh, got to take some family time for the summer. So apologies for the delay, man, but we are connected now. And we've talked a few times over the last week about getting you involved with the team. We've already made huge strides. I'm excited uh, for the listeners and followers to uh, tune into what we have going behind the scenes. But we're going to save a little bit of that until it is ready to go. But essentially, listeners, we are working on um, all sorts of things. We're, we're uh, finally booting up the website. Uh, we're working on getting some um, YouTube action moving. And we are also making some additions to the podcast. So, Without any further ado, Lucas, let's get into this, man. We are diving back into our positional rankings. I made some episodes with some awesome guests um, earlier this summer for my initial 
positional rankings and I broke everybody down in depth. I really went through statistical breakdowns of why I had the players where I'm going to have them. I'm not going to go as in depth personally this time around. I've already said a lot of what I would say a second time. So I'm not going to do that on this round of positional rankings, but what I am going to do is bring you in and introduce you to our team and what we're doing here and let you take the stage a little bit and uh, compare and contrast our rankings together. And I encourage the listeners to tune into the Instagram. Um, that is uh, fantasy football underscore TCK pod and check out the rest of our rankings. Um, I will have all of our rankings posted. We're getting up, up on the website, as I mentioned, so you can find out the rest of our rankings in depth there. But for the sake of this podcast and blazing through these positional rankings again, we're just going to talk about a couple of players that we are drastically differing on and why we might have them lower or higher than each other. And for the rest of the rankings, again, check out the Instagram page. Today we're going to start with the quarterbacks, and then we go into the running backs as well. On the next episode, we'll do receivers and tight ends. Let's kick it off with the quarterbacks, man. We're going to go from the bottom to the top so we'll start in the 24 range and we'll go all the way to one you and i uh you know when you're down here at the low qb2 range a lot of these guys are shots in the dark right off the bat i'm going to ask you this question which i think is the hottest kind of qb question in general fantasy football are you a late round qb guy if so why or are you one of those guys that you're going to want to look for one of those top four or five options in the first say three four five rounds um, for, well, I'm assuming one quarterback leagues, because obviously super flex, you're going to need to get, I'd say at least one early, but for one quarterback leagues, I am, I'd say 90% of the time I wait on a quarterback and I'll take one, maybe two in the end. Uh, there's a couple guys that at their current ADPs, sometimes you can get later, um, depending on how the draft goes, obviously that I do like to take, but for the most part, I am QB late stack up the, the positional, uh, running back and wide receiver positions. Um, and most of the time, when you can get a quarterback, you can get a good tight end. That's kind of how I'm seeing it in drafts this year. So that's kind of the route I've been taking. Great. I'm kind of uh, – it kind of depends on how the draft falls to me, but I am not opposed to grabbing one of the top quarterbacks early. However, if I do that, if I grab a Mahomes, um, say in the third round, Rodgers, Luck, Watson, uh, Ryan Mayfield, whoever you have up at the top – if you grab one of those guys in the fourth or fifth round, then I make sure to grab another high upside guy with big opportunity in, you know, kind of the 13th round plus, just in case it doesn't work out, injuries happen, whatever. I understand the point differential isn't a huge difference per se, but at the same time, if you're able to get Rodgers on the right year or luck is healthy uh, or you get him a homes and it pans out, it's a league winner and sometimes those later round QBs do help you with value for the rest of your draft, but they don't always pan out. And I, I would hate to let all that value go at the quarterback position, depending on your league, and uh, then miss it late as well. So I'm kind of down for either way, but I know that it's, it's kind of the hot thing these days to just bank on that late round QB. So I'm not opposed to it, but I just want to be open that I am open to one of those earlier guys but that being said i know there's some gems down here in the uh in the qb2 range in rankings so let's go over a couple of names that um we kind of we kind of differ on right away and uh you have dalton ranked at 24 
and I have Derek Carr at 24. I don't think anybody's actually drafting these guys necessarily, <laughs> um, but I just want to mention right away that that's kind of where where we're starting. Um, then we have guys, we have you know Sam Darnold, uh, Brady, Jimmy G, Cousins, those kind of guys at the bottom of our QB2 range. But let's talk about uh, Mitch Trubisky first. Um, you have Mitch Trubisky as your QB 19 right now, and I have him all the way up at 14. You're not you're you're fading Trubisky right now. I'm actually pretty bullish on him to be honest. And if he if I were to wait for a late QB, Trubisky is a guy that I would be targeting. Why are you so low on Trubisky as of right now at your QB 19? Yeah, I think I don't know. It's kind of a personal, I guess, vendetta you could say, but I do see the upside because he does have the rushing ability, which he flashed in. A couple games, like the Patriots game, I know he had a lot of rushing yards. Um, but with the loss of Vic Fangio, you wouldn't think that would play into it so much. But they won so many of their games just based on their defense. And I really think that the loss of Fangio just kind of drops this team down on another level, you could say. And I, I just don't think he can provide those um, startable quarterback one uh, numbers every week. So I do see how you can play the matchups and maybe get like a 20-point game out of him here or there. But I think it's more I'm just going to fade him where I see the upside and the other guys ahead of him, uh, which we'll get into here next. Fair enough. I am bullish on Trubisky. I hear what you're saying with uh, Vic Fangio moving on and their defense being so dominant. Uh, game scripts definitely leaning toward the run. But let's think about his receiving core last year. Uh, in his second season versus his rookie season, he literally had all new pass catchers in his um, offensive scheme last year, Trubisky, and he had uh, rookies in Anthony Miller. He had the new receiver coming over, Allen Robinson, who was coming over a, a devastating knee injury. Um, of course, he had um, Gabriel as well, and he had a running back situation that didn't quite pan out uh, in the Matt Nagy offense. So, I actually think Trubisky, with the running upside and his ability um, to be a pocket passer um, with some of those weapons, if they are to stay healthy, I actually think that he uh, has quite a bit of upside there. So um, interesting take right off the bat because I think Trubisky is somebody, again, not a sexy name, not somebody that I think people are targeting in drafts, but in my opinion uh, could be a nice grab with, I think, um, QB one upside if uh, if the chips fall there in what should be a pretty active offense there in Chicago. Um, next up, uh, let's talk about Lamar Jackson, who actually is pretty much completely flipped uh, with us. You have him all the way up at QB eleven, yeah. um, and I have him down at QB nineteen as the low runner. I'll go first. It um, I'll start this with. Uh, you know, going into coming into last year, I, we have our bold predictions and crazy calls segment. I predicted preseason last year when he was behind Flacco and frankly RG three in preseason. I had mentioned that I believed that Robert uh, or uh, Robert Griffin wouldn't be really taking that second position. Uncle Flacco would be hurt and out eventually, and Lamar Jackson would take over at quarterback for the Ravens. And sure enough, he did. I also said that once he took over for the Ravens, he would be a QB one for the duration of the season. Whenever he took over, that was also true. I believe in Lamar Jackson. I was stoked on him in Louisville Heisman trophy winner. I know he can actually throw the ball, but he struggled last year. My, um, my ranking of him at 19 is less about him athletically. I know he's got the rushing upside, but I think he's kind of a situation where it's a game script thing. 
I think he has the tools to actually figure out the passing, and he actually looked good in his quick drive in the preseason so far. But I'm worried that he's just – they don't have the receiving weapons in um, Baltimore that I think. They have a great stable of running backs, and they're going to run the shit out of the ball. I think, honestly, it's just going to be a game script situation where his rushing upside is great, but that coupled with not so much throwing upside – could maybe limit his ceiling. I think he'll have a great floor, but not a great ceiling. Um, am I out of bounds on that? Again, you have him all the way up at 11, so a low-end QB1, obviously uh, you think he's got more upside than I do. Yeah, I think you're not, you're not like far off by any means. Because obviously you hit on him last year with your – I think you listed three, like three steps to his uh, success. But – to me, it's really just that rushing upside. Uh, like you said, they're going to run the crap out of the ball, and I don't think they know who their starting running back is in a sense because they have Mark Ingram, uh, Gus Edwards, who everyone seemed to forget about this offseason, Justice Hill, still have Kenneth Dix, and I don't know how he's still part <laughs> of that team. But I think that – like I really think that they're going to rely on him more so than they did when he took over last year. And like you said, his throwing is awful. Like, yeah, it's it's brutal. Like, Cam Newton might be the only – or Josh Allen, I guess, might be the only uh, worst quarterback in accuracy. But I think they did add speed uh, in the offseason. Not necessarily the receivers, like possession receivers, you could say, or a true wide receiver one. But I think Hollywood Brown, if he stays healthy, and Miles Boykin with very, very fast, along with Justice Hill, like, they're just going to try and attack with speed. And I think – I think they're going to hit, whereas I think you don't think they will hit in a sense since we have them on completely different ends. Fair enough. And, again, I, I, love, the, I love the player. I like Lamar Jackson. I'm rooting for him, absolutely. I just, uh, I just think in the – and you know what, honestly, I mean, looking at this a little more in depth, I think 19 is, is low uh, overall. But it's hard for me to rank him over Josh Allen, who I think does have better weapons and um, has a better arm in general. Plus, he has the same kind of rushing upside. Big Ben and, and Philip Rivers, who we have ranked, uh, we have Allen Rivers and uh, Roethlisberger pretty much in the same rankings. But the, you know, the, the upside is is not really there for those guys. But they do have the the solid floor. So we'll see what happens in the preseason. If he's able to throw the way that he did in the first preseason game throughout the preseason, and he looks good, and they're going to turn him loose, I'll be bumping him way up. Um, but based off last year and, and so far what I'm hearing from uh, Ravens camp, I'm just not sure that he's going to have that upside. Um, let's fast forward to my, let's see, 11th quarterback, but your 15th quarterback. Let's talk about potential rookie sensation, um, Kyler Murray. Now, uh, listeners will remember in the QB episode I did originally in the beginning of the summer, I purposely did not rank Kyler Murray. Uh, this was strictly based on making sure he was going to be the starting quarterback for the Cardinals. And of course, once he got drafted number one overall, you know, I didn't really have any doubt, but I just wanted to make sure that was the case before I uh, burned a ranking on him. He obviously is definitely the starter. He looks great. Um, his fucking visor is one of the top in the league. Uh, <laughs> he's got the previous relationship with Cliff Kingsbury. The Cardinals are going to be a complete flip from what they were last year. I think a lot of people are bullish on him. I'm sure you are even with him a little bit lower than me. But as the low man on the totem pole, why don't you go first? You've got him as your QB 15. Uh, it's, it's just so hard to rank someone when you – that whole team is brand new. Like the coaching is brand new. He doesn't even fit the prototype of an NFL quarterback whatsoever. But I know he's a stud. I mean, I, I go to Iowa State, so I watched him play last year. 
and he just tore us apart. And I, he's so good. I just, to me, they have an easy strength of schedule. I think they're like fifth. I just don't see him surpassing, in a sense, the guys I have ahead of him, like Mayfield, Prescott, Wentz. I don't see him putting up those 30 touchdowns for 4,500 yards season, I think, because they have so many weapons, I think, and they're going to feed David Johnson. They have a top four or five back in the league. I just think there's going to be a little bit of growing room uh, there, and obviously they have a tough division, um, and they will be the last place team in the division. Uh, I don't think you can really argue against that one. Um, but to me, I just don't. I think there'll be a little bit of growing room uh, to see kind of how the whole offense works. Um, but I think next year, I think he'll for sure be a top ten quarterback in terms of ADP and finish. I I believe it'll happen this year. I really do. I mean, I think his upside once they turn him loose. You know, his first drive in the preseason was butter. Yeah, looked really good. good, man. And I just, you know, I always say this on the podcast and, and in my, you know, kind of research and the way that I watch football, I played football for 15 years. I've, I've been playing fantasy football for 15 plus. And the eye test to me is always the most accurate. You know what I mean? And like, he just looks like he knows, he just looks like he's good. Does that make sense? Yeah, he's a baller. Like, yeah, like, a baller like when he sure. drops back in the pot, first of all, he's playing the college He's in the college spread. And what I mean by that yeah. is, like, the NFL is running the spread, too, because that's just where football is now, okay? But a few guys kind of, like, do that, the, the college hand clap, right, which is the snap, right? Peyton Manning played in the shotgun most of the time, but he would always kind of have the verbal cue. Kyler Murray, it, what I saw, was just kind of doing the clap and having that cadence like you see in college. And they're they're running a college offense in the air raid with Cliff Kingsbury and things, and I just – it looked really good, dude. I know it's, you know, it's only one drive and there's a lot to, to work out in the preseason, but. I mean, it was 70 some yards if that's or whatever, 60 some yards. That's quite the drag. I mean, it's there. Like I can definitely see where you see his upside. Um, do you, do you think he could crack the top say six quarterbacks that like really high tier? Like, is there a chance um, this think? year that high? I don't. Um, and that, that, that strictly has to do with, um, you know, Cam Newton had one of the best rookie quarterback uh, seasons of all time, fantasy-wise, Mike Vick, some of these other guys. And, you know, it's possible, but I think you hit the nail on the head with Kyler Murray, I think is going to be excellent. David Johnson, I believe, is still an elite running back in the league, fantasy and real life. Their offense is going to be much more improved than last year, but how many scoring opportunities are they going to have week in and week out? How often yeah. are those um, awesome receivers? I think I think Kirk is legit. I think that obviously Larry Fitzgerald's a legend. Um, but how quickly are those young receivers going to be able to catch on? Um, is really I think what it comes down to. So for me, you know, they're saying they want to run 70, 80 plays a game. That's awesome. Um, but can they actually do it? So my thing is just going to be the efficiency. He's still a rookie. The big thing is, man, I think he's got the floor of the rushing. He could, I mean, to, to say that he's going to rush for a thousand yards, I think is kind of silly, but I think he's going to rush for at least like seven, 800, which is ridiculous. And if you have that kind of floor with your quarterback, plus he could throw for potentially, you know, 3,500, 4,000 yards. And let's give him, I don't know, a modest 25 touchdowns, even 30 touchdowns. I mean, now you're talking about easily a top 10 quarterback with all those things. So I do think it's possible for him to be up in the top, maybe 10 to eight, Top six, I'm just not sure because of who's ahead of him, minus injury. But 
I man, this is it is a tough ranking because I could see Kyler Murray, you know, being I don't know this year's Mahomes, I guess. Uh, but he could also just be another rookie that you know has flashes, but not quite you know um, all the way to, to the top there. So right now I've got him at eleven. You've got him at uh, fifteen. I think they're both you know uh, reasonable um, rankings. Another guy who we just kind of mentioned briefly uh, that were flipped on kind of the other way is Cam Newton. Um, I have him down at fifteen, where you have Kyler Murray, and you've got him all the way up at number six. Um, I have spent too much time on this podcast uh, hating on Cam Newton, and it strictly has to do with his health. And what I'll say quickly is that I cannot move him any higher than this. I understand the upside. I know what he's capable of doing. I've seen him since the start of his career. I watched him beat my Oregon Ducks in the national championship. I get it. My issue is he's got a bum shoulder that has been worked on once again, He's changing his throwing motion, which should help him out to stay healthy, but that is something that he has to kind of relearn. I think he's going to be a little more gun-shy, whether it be play style or just him scrambling the way that he's used to. I don't think he's going to rush as much, which will take away a little bit of his rushing floor. Christian McCaffrey is incredible, um, so I think they're just going to ride him around the goal line, plus he put on whatever, 20 pounds or whatever. Um, so I just I think that Cam Newton, frankly – in my opinion, is just done being an elite fantasy quarterback because if he doesn't have that rushing floor that's kept him up at the top for all these years and he's relying on his arm, I just don't think he's that good of a straight-up quarterback if you take away some of his rushing. So for that reason, I've got him down at 15. But obviously, you don't feel the same. You've got him all the way up at six. Yeah, I think for what it seems like, at least for what like the news we have, his – he is cleared of the injury. I mean, obviously that could be completely false because we know how that works for NFL players. They think they're fine, but I obviously don't have any more insight. So, like, I'm just ranking him as if he's healthy. Um, he averaged 20.2 points per game last year, and he did miss the two games for injury. Um, so I basically just added on the 40.4 points. If you would have averaged that, that would have placed him as QB6. So I kind of just used that as a gauge because I think – the top five quarterbacks that I think we both have the same, just in a little bit different order. I think they're set in stone. I don't think anyone can reach in there. Um, and to me, if he is cleared, which is, I guess, in my head what it is, his rushing ability, even if it's cut down a little bit, I still think he has it there. And it's not like all the receivers on his team, they're not going to be – they're all yards after catch guys, if that makes sense, or they're all short passes – make a play type guys. So I don't think he's going to need to throw the ball very deep. Um, but I guess probably the differential is I think he's healthy just due to the news that we have or don't have in the sense. Fair enough. And we will see if, if you know how his preseason goes and if he's very active in the preseason. Um, I'm, I'm just one to think that he's not going to play very much uh, just to basically keep him out of harm's way before it matters. Um but that being said, again, I just, uh, you know, for example, um, I have uh, I have Trubisky ahead of him. I have Prescott ahead of him, which I think are similar players at this point with a yeah. higher rushing ceiling. So and overall, just better offenses, I think, too. So um, you've got Cam Newton up at six. I've got him down at 15 and another player right in the same range that we're switching on, which is interesting. <laughs> Baker Mayfield, um, you have him at number 14. I've got him at six. Um, 
I have been very bullish on Baker Mayfield. I've talked about him a lot on the podcast, so I'll kind of save my take. Uh, what I'll just say is that I, I'm believing the Brown type. I really am. I think Baker's special. Um, his tenacity and the way that he plays the game is super refreshing. Um, I just think he's that hungry. Um, I think he's that uh, arrogant in a good way, kind of an Aaron Rodgers flair of like he believes he is the best in the league and he's going to do everything in his power to – make sure that everyone else at least thinks that way. So I just, I think he's got a fucking hell of an arm. He doesn't run very much or at least hasn't yet, but he's got the weapons. If Odell Beckham stays healthy, I think Baker Mayfield is a top five quarterback, um, but we can't bank on that. So I'm going to put him just outside at number six, but you have him all the way down at, uh, at 14. So what are your concerns with Baker? To me, it's, I, I mean, you can ask any of my friends. I just don't like the Browns in a sense. I got, to me, he's just one of the players that I really can't stand. Um, I'm not going to buy into the Browns until I see it because they are still the Browns. They're still the team that went two and whatever, or I don't even know what their record. It was bad. It was just they're still the Browns in my head. They're still unproven. Um, they went seven and nine, I believe, last year. Uh, I think I don't even really remember, but. Um, I took his average, I think it was 17.1, and I extrapolated that out over 16 games, and it put him right around the QB 11 mark last year. And obviously you can't do that. And, okay, okay, he's a QB 11. you got to take that with a grain of salt. But I think with the addition of Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, they're going to still look to run the ball. And OBJ, his injury still concerns me. Um, so, me, I think it's just me not buying in on the Browns, where obviously, like you just said, you're all in on them. Yeah, fair enough. And we'll get to our uh, we'll we'll cover the receiver rankings in our next episode. Um, but spoiler alert, you are lower than most, uh, I would say, on Odell. And we'll get probably probably. Yep, everyone. And we'll get to that. Uh, we'll get to that when we cover the receivers. But yeah, I think you're right. I think it is something where, again, the eye test for me is just I'm hyped um, on Baker. Um, I'm also a little biased because I picked him in the 17th round of my league of record, which is the most competitive league. Uh, that I uh, am in. You're set, set for 10 I'm years I'm set for now. 10 years, and, yeah. uh, you know, he helped me uh, bring home the undefeated ship last year in a very competitive league. So I just, you know, I'm, I'm um, bullish for Baker for sure. But anyway, you have him down at 14. I have him at six. Uh, kind of the same type of uh, conversation we're having with Cam Newton, I think, right? So Yeah, I, I, have, a, I have a question. I'm, his ADP is at 6.09. Would, would you take him there in those in the In the sixth round? Yeah. Um, again, I, I broke the episode with I don't mind taking guys uh, early. I think the sixth round and Baker, depending on how my if, – if I went elite running back receiver for the first four rounds and even, even a fifth round and I was able to get Baker in the sixth – I probably will pull the trigger, to be honest. Yeah, I think yeah, I think that's right the round if you can find value in Because my thing is, my thing is, if if the upside, okay, if if Odell does stay healthy, if the Browns are who I think they're going to be, okay, um, and if they, if Baker is able to be as efficient as he was last year when he finally took over, with Kitchens, I, I, yeah, dude, I really think that he could be a top five quarterback. And now you're getting a top five quarterback in the sec in the sixth round. I know the JJ Zacharyson and everybody else. I know why you pick a quarterback late. I totally understand it, but I don't think that many of those late round QBs have the opportunity to be a top three to five quarterback. I just don't see the upside in any of those guys personally. Baker, I do see it. 
So if I'm in the third round from Mahomes, too early for me, okay, because I can get a top echelon running back, tight end, or, or uh, receiver at that point. In the sixth round, though, I'm starting to look at my third or fourth receiver or running back. I might as well just take take a shot on potentially a league-winning quarterback, in my opinion. So, yeah, yes, I yes, I, I would pull the trigger in the sixth round on Baker Mayfield. Uh, we okay. have Dak Prescott at number 13 each. I like to see that. I'm, I'm super bullish on Dak. I want to put him higher, but without this Zeke situation, I just I have a tough time doing it so far. But um, next up, let's talk uh, very quickly about Carson Wentz. And I just want to gauge your opinion on Wentz really quick. I had him, when I did my first rankings, I actually had him in my QB2 range. I moved him up to QB9 because he looks good. The rest of his team looks good. I'm kind of more about it at this point. What is your gauge uh, right now on Carson Wentz? Because I had him kind of where you had him have him ranked now. I had him previously in the summer. How are you feeling about Carson Wentz and the Eagles in general? To me, it's just his injury concern. I think that that team got so much better this offseason. Defense, not so much, but that offense, just with Adam Arcega Whiteside, Deshaun Jackson, I, I mean, and then Goddard in the second year, still top three tight end in the league, I think. All the weapons are there. I think it's just a matter of if he can stay healthy. And his ADP is at the 8.01. So I don't think I would want to take him over when, like, Mur- I'd rather take Murray over Wentz in a sense um, come draft day. I just don't really want to take that risk with uh, injury is really the only thing. Fair enough. I agree. Um, and uh, Carson Wentz, I think, is somebody with high upside, but also a nice high floor. The problem is we haven't seen a full season out of him yet. So I agree with you. And I'm definitely a little gun shy. I feel comfortable ranking him at QB nine. I don't know that I would draft him straight up. Yeah. I think that's the thing with me. I don't even think, I don't even know if I would draft him in a sense. That's because I don't want to spend an eighth, ninth round pick on a guy that could potentially get reintegrated away. And then you're screwed. Totally agree. How about Jared Goff? I've got him at 12. You've got him at nine. So basically you and I have Wentz and Goff swapped essentially. Um, my ranking on Goff has a lot to do with Gurley and his situation, much like Dak Prescott. So right now I've got Goff and Prescott at 12 and 13. If Gurley and Zeke are 100% Gurley and Zeke, which I'm not sure either one of them is going to be within the next month, but if they are both those quarterbacks are going to go up for me actually. Um, but right now I've got Goff at 12. You've got him at nine. How are you feeling about Jared Goff? Yeah, I think with a lot of these, like I told you, I was struggling to put him because I think a lot of these guys are at their ceiling and they're also at their floor, if that makes sense. Like I think Breeze, we have an eight. Like it's so hard to move Breeze down because like he just always finishes up there. Say like Goff last year was QB nine, I believe. And yeah, Gurley's a little – he may not play or whatever, but I think McVay will be able to do the same work with Henderson as he did with CJ Anderson, like in a sense, like there's not going to be any regression for that offense. I just think Goff is kind of maxed at that back end QB one, um, just due to the fact that they do have an elite rushing game or running attack. Uh, yeah. Okay. Fair enough. And we have Wilson at 10. Um, we have breeze at eight. As you mentioned, we both have Winston at seven. Um, I'm, I'm, oh, yeah. I'm excited that you have him as high as I do. And, yeah, and then our top five, as you mentioned earlier, is the same five guys, but we are a bit scrambled. Um, we don't need to talk about everyone right now, but I think the um, – I had Luck as my number one quarterback in my, in my first set of rankings in June. 
I moved him down to three strictly because of his calf issue. Um, he's not, yeah, he's not really a big runner, although he is more mobile than I think people give him credit for. However, any significant lower body, lower body injury or shoulder to a quarterback is something worth noting because of that. I've moved him behind Mahomes and Rogers. The one I want to talk about here is Matt Ryan. Um, you have him all the way up at number two, which I don't hate, honestly, but I have a tough time ranking him above Mahomes, Rogers, Luck, and Watson. Um, maybe Watson if Kiki QT is missing significant time. But for me, Matt Ryan is number five. Now, does he have top three upside? Absolutely. We saw it last year. Um, but if Julio Jones were to go down for some reason, I could see Matt Ryan outside of the top ten. Easy. So he's kind of in the middle for me. You've got him at number two, though. Uh, sell me on Matt Ryan. Oh gosh! So this is this is probably if I had to make one bold take, the one I'm most certain on. I do agree though with injured, uh, like if Julio were to get injured, then yeah, no way. There's no way he could do this. But I got a bunch of numbers for this one, so I'll go through these. So he plays 12 games indoors this year. You've probably seen that yep. on Twitter or whatever. The last three years, the least amount of points he's averaged um, on the season indoors is 23.44, with the other two years being above 24. So then last year, um, Mahomes averaged, just to put it in your head, 26.1. And obviously, I think there's going to be a little bit of regression in that because he put up the greatest fantasy season ever. There's, a, there's no way he repeats no. it. So he has 12 indoor games. And obviously, you can extrapolate that out and give you however many points or whatever. But so he's going to be a top five quarterback guaranteed just with those. The four games that he does not play indoors are the Panthers, the Niners, the Bucks, and the Titans who last year, three of those defenses were top 10 in points allowed to fantasy quarterbacks, and the Titans being uh, 25th or the 7th best. So that's kind of, I don't know, I just kind of look at that. And Devontae Freeman's coming back after not really playing last year. I just, I'm all in on the Falcons, in a sense, and you could probably tell after um, the way I presented that. I dig it, and it's, it's a phenomenal presentation. I don't, uh, I have nothing to fight back on with you. My thing is is strictly just I think with Freeman back, they're going to at least try to establish the run more often, which they tried last year, but they had no chance. Freeman went down. Coleman didn't pan out to be who he needed to be, and he got hurt. Ito Smith, I think he's just kind of a guy. Um, and, you know, the receivers are incredible. Uh, I think Hooper's a better tight end than people give him credit for too. But with Dirk Cutter coming back, we could definitely see those numbers going up. But I actually broke down Matt Ryan with and without Dirk Cutter um, when he had him in 2012 to 14 and without. And he has like literally identical numbers all the way through the board. I broke that down on a previous podcast uh, with my first rankings. But essentially, Matt Ryan had the same production with and without Dirk Cutter, which I thought was really interesting over the years. So... I don't hate Matt Ryan, but I am going to pump the brakes just a little bit on ranking him at number two. If he were to finish number two, I would not be surprised at all. But to rank him over uh, Rodgers, Luck, and Watson preseason, um, to me, I think is is uh, pretty bullish. But again, I mean, everything you said, I think is correct and, um, you know, not out of bounds by any means. But I would – I'm a little – a little more gun shy on Matt Ryan, just because as long as Freeman is healthy, which I don't think will be for very long, to be honest, as we'll find, as we'll find out in our rankings here and on the second half of this episode with the running backs in just a minute. 
But um, as he's healthy, I think they're going to do their best to establish the run. Um, although you could definitely make the argument that he didn't, Dirk Cutter didn't do that much last year with uh, Todd Munkin in uh, Tampa Bay. So they didn't really have a running back. They didn't have a running back. Exactly. That's, that's yeah. kind of the argument there. So um, awesome, man. Well, that is the quarterback section. You can please again, tune into our Instagram page, fantasy football underscore TCK pod and check out the rest of our rankings. After the quick break, we will get into the running backs. Before we get into the running backs, let's take a quick break here. If you like what you're hearing and you want to find us outside of the podcast, please leave a like and a follow on Instagram at fantasyfootball underscore TCK pod, on Twitter at TCK underscore pod, on Facebook at the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Podcast, and you can always drop us an email at tckpod at gmail.com. Of course, also leave a rate and review right here on the podcast as it helps us get your feedback. Also, stay tuned for a website coming up soon. But before we get into the next set of our rankings with the running backs, let's have a quick word from our sponsor, Anchor. Stay tuned. Hey, TCK Potters, I want to give a shout out to Anchor, which is the podcast avenue we record with to bring you these episodes. Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? When I was trying to get this podcast off the ground, I had a lot of questions. Like, how do I record a podcast? How do I record an episode? How do I get the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Podcast onto all of the apps that people are listening to? And how can I reach as many people as possible for free and make money at the same time from my podcast? The answer to every one of these questions is Anchor. Anchor is the one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And now Anchor can match you up with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. That means you can get paid to podcast right away. Gaining some revenue from those podcast sponsors is essential to making necessary upgrades to the podcast and your overall brand. I appreciate how user-friendly Anchor is and how we can record our episodes via our computers or over the phone, similar to a voice memo or a phone call, and we can record these episodes, edit them down as needed, upload them, and boom, the episode is ready to launch. So if you've always wanted to start a podcast and even make money doing it, go to anchor.fm forward slash start. That's anchor.fm slash start to join me and the diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. One more time, that's anchor.fm slash start. I can't wait to hear your podcast. All right, let's break down the running back side here. We're going to start at 24 again. The quarterbacks we just broke down were pretty similar um, just because there's less guys to have to mention and really break down. The running backs get kind of nasty. Right off the bat, I've got Rashad Penny at number 24. You've got him all the way down at 31. We don't need to break this down in depth because a lot of this just has to do with uh, Chris Carson's health and how they are going to do. But I'll just ask you really quick. Do you think you have Chris Carson all the way at 15, which we're going to talk about here in a second. Do you think there's room for two of these running backs in this Seahawk offense, which led the league in rushing opportunities last year? Yeah, I think there is for sure. And I guess I can kind of say that ranking the 24 to about even like the 20 to 35 range is tough just because there's no like I don't even know what the point differential has been the last couple of years. But Penny can definitely I think, okay, I guess I think whoever gets the passing work in Seattle, that's going to be the the back to own, I think. Um, 
if I had to pick one, but I think there is room for two as they showed last year. They even showed three with Mike Davis too. Right. Absolutely. And it seems like each guy, if they had to, could be a dual threat, right? Oh they can yeah, all, for sure. They both have, they the can all run yeah. the ball. They can all catch the ball. So that's going to be interesting to see how they use them. And in that first preseason game against the Broncos, Rashad Penny looked real nice for an entire half. Carson did not play, but Penny looked like a starting running back. Absolutely. And I think they wanted him to be last year. He came in overweight. He came in lazy, kind of not taking the NFL as seriously as it's necessary. And I think that he, I think he sobered up this year and kind of was like, I've got an opportunity here. They want to use me. I need to get to my shit together. And I think he did that. So you've got him down to 31. I've got him at 24, but I, I think at the end of the season, Rashad Penny actually outscores Carson, uh, yeah, I definitely could see. There's, I don't think there's a direct no to that uh, bold statement. I think there's definitely the possibility. Uh, honestly, it's probably a really good possibility, cool. to be honest. Cool. I want to give a quick shout-out to James White, who is uh, a big – we're big fans of James White here on the podcast. Uh, co-host Daniel, who will be back uh, next week for some of our breakdowns when we do uh, breakouts, sleepers, busts, things like that. Um, he is all about James White, as listeners know. I thought that I was pretty high on him at number 23. You have him at number 20. We don't need to break down uh, James White so much um, just because I think uh, we all kind of know what James White's situation is. But I think what I want to mention more so is not James White, but it's our lack of um, trust in Sony Michelle. Uh, you have him at 29. I've got him at 28. Um, why so low on Michelle? I think, I mean, even by the time if he posted on the website, I think he might even drop more. Wow. Um, I just, it's, there's a second backfield so crowded, um, obviously with, I, you've probably touched on it before. I think you did in your AFC East uh, breakdown. They have Damian Harris, Rex Burkhead, Sonny Michelle, and it's not like James White's going to lose nope. his role, if that makes sense. Like it's, he was, I mean, like we have James White at 20 and 23, like, I want to put him in that top 10 like he was last year. I just don't really – I can't. I guess if that He, fin- sense, he but... finished as a top 10 running back in PPR last year. I, I, know, I have like, a tough time not I've putting him in like the every league. Yeah. top 15, but it just doesn't feel right because you think of him as only a pass catcher, which he primarily is, but they use him on the goal line as a running back. He's kind of like a – he's not Alvin Kamara, obviously, but he's kind of an Alvin Kamara light in the way that they use him, and without Gronk, I, it's going to be Edelman and James White all day for the Patriots, dude. Yeah, he's he's literally their wide receiver too, maybe even their wide receiver. Totally one. agree. Like he, it's it's insane. Even when you watch the, I mean, if you watch the Patriots games, Brady literally like he just looks down James White the yep. whole time. Like it's he doesn't even look downfield. Um, but yeah, for Michelle, obviously there's the injury concern, and uh, he's had that concern for the last couple yep. of years um, in high school, throughout college, and then obviously now. And I think Damian Harris is a better or more athletic back. I don't really know how you feel on that, but I think that Harris will slowly take it over if I had to make a bold take. I agree, and to be honest with you, it might be a bold take just because we saw Sonny Michelle absolutely obliterate the playoffs last year. Um, But I'll tell you right now, I don't consider that a bold take personally because I agree with you that Harris will take it over. Um, Sonny Michelle is awesome. Athletically, he's great, but his knees are going to give out, man. They just He's already hurt. He's been hurt, as you mentioned, all the way back to high school, college. He got hurt again. Um, he, had a, he had a cleanup scope already this preseason. 
Belichick is going to ride the tires as long as possible. But I promise you, as soon as Michelle looks uh, slow, they're going to get Harris in there, and he's going to get plenty that's, of work. Yeah, that's for he's sure. going to get plenty of work. So I agree. Okay, so we both have Michelle – uh, at 28 and 29, and we've got James White up at number 20 and 23. So I think we're probably some of the few rankers that have uh, James White higher at all than Michelle, and we have him at least five. I mean, shit, you've got him almost 10 spaces higher. So I like to see that. I, I know that uh, Daniel will be stoked on it, and uh, honestly, I, I couldn't agree more with you on on James White there. Let's talk about uh, Derek Henry real quick. Um it, I have kind of a bad taste in my mouth ranking him even at number 20. You've got him at 24. That makes me feel way better. I, dude, everybody saw what he did in the, in the last four games of the season. Everybody saw his, his 200-yard um, scamper against the Jags on Thursday Night Football. We all know how he ended the season, but I don't think what people understand is he had a better four games to end the season than he did 12 leading up to that point. They have, there's, there's... They have a coaching change. They have um, offensive lineman Taylor Lewan, who is one of the best offensive linemen in the league, uh, definitely on that team, is missing the first four games due to suspension. They don't really have a quarterback play. Um, Deion Lewis is still there, who I don't think people really give any credit, not that he's amazing. They don't really have uh, an incredible wide receiver core yet um, to take off any pressure. The jig is up with Derrick Henry. I think they're going to put nine in the box like old-school Adrian Peterson. And I just frankly – Outside of volume alone, I don't think Derrick Henry is going to do enough to even warrant, um, you know, maybe my ranking of, of number 20. I know people are ranking him in, in the top 12, and I just – I don't get it, dude. You're lower than I am already. I've given my stink on, on Derrick Henry, but um, what, is, what is your take? Because you have him borderline, not even an RB2. Yeah, it's – it's hard to rank a player that you literally will never draft in any one of your leagues. Like that's, Totally agree. It, there's so many guys here that, I mean, you have a bunch – or I have way more guys in red, which is rather not draft than you. But um, he faced uh, eight men in the box on 45% of his runs. And I guarantee you that was more towards the beginning of the year. They realized he was not that good. And then they just started to slowly roll off of him. And like you said, he had – I had it written down here – 105.8 of his 201.3 points in the final four weeks. Like, that's that's just not efficient at all. Uh, anyone can tell you that. And I don't even know what his ADP is. It's got to be super – probably fourth round if I had to guess. It is the 4.04. Like, I am not taking him there at all. Absolutely not. If you remember a couple of years ago, I think – now, here – let me be clear about this. Derrick Henry is a football player is an absolute beast. I love to watch him run. I loved watching him at Alabama. He is a freak of nature. He's huge. He's fast. He's strong. Kind of the closest thing I think we've seen to Adrian Peterson lately. All right. I love it. I think he's a stud. The offensive scheme for me is terrible. I think the Titans are going to be horrible offensively this year. Um, That being said, I think Derrick Henry will be much better if and when they get a complimentary running back that's not just a pass catcher like Deion Lewis. But if you turn back the clock a couple seasons ago to his rookie season, Derrick Henry, when he had uh, DeMarco Murray right ahead of him, mm-hmm. Derrick Henry flourished much more in that atmosphere where he could come in as a change of pace back late in the game or on third or, or uh, fourth and short where the defense is kind of tired. They're a little bit gassed. And here comes this guy who's, <laughs> you know, six four, a giant. And, yeah, 250 pounds and just absolutely obliterating the defense. Now, if he's your every down back, he's going to also get tired at the end, right? So 
I just am not feeling it. You and I, I think, agree um, here that he's just not as high as, as many other people have um, him there. So I just caution people on Derrick Henry. I agree. Um, let's talk about uh, David Montgomery, who I am – I mean, I'm getting more and more bullish on D- David Montgomery. And this has to do with him as a player, but also the Bears' offense. Um, Jordan Howard seemingly was horrendous uh, in, in fantasy football last year, and he finishes an RB2. David Montgomery is fast. He can catch the ball. He's squirmish. He can score touchdowns. And I think he's going to get a shit ton of work in that backfield um, with Tariq Cohen pretty much just a pass catcher at this point now that they have a, a dual threat running back ahead of him. I've got him at 19. I want to put him higher. You've got him at number 23, a little bit lower. Um, I just want to gauge how you're feeling about David Montgomery. We've only seen one preseason game, but he looked real nice. I am bullish on the Bears, as I mentioned with Trubisky. Um, I know you're not super hot on the Bears in general, uh, but how do you feel about David Montgomery? And even as a rookie, uh, do you see him finishing higher than 23? I, I frankly could see him as a top 15 back, to be honest with you. Yeah, I think – well, I mean, like I said, I, I go to Iowa State, so I gotta, I've been watching him the last, like, two, three years. They're yep, just, that's why I ask. He's yeah. a stud. Uh, yeah, I did see – I think it was Jordan Howard finished as running back 20, I think I wrote down. Um, and he had 250 total carries or touches maybe. I don't even remember what it was. I don't know, 250 is, like, the big number that's floating around. I think Montgomery – to me, I think they're going to work Davis in at the beginning just a little bit. Um, to where it might slow his roll down a little bit. Because um, Davis, I think, as of now, is the better red zone back. Uh, I think Montgomery will be their running back for as long as he can remain healthy, um, however long that will be. But I guess I have him below Fournette. Uh, Damian Williams, Devontae Freeman, I would take Montgomery over the, take Montgomery over those three all day. Um, it's just hard to place him over, like, Devontae Freeman or Fournette in a sense. Fair enough. I like the upside, though. I think I think he's going to be. I, I think he's really going to take the lead by storm. To be honest, um, I just like his running running style, and I think he's in a great opportunity with this offense. Yeah. I think you know Matt Nagy's going to want a running back like David Montgomery, which I think he was hoping that Jordan Howard could be, and he they, just yeah. He just they, they tried to work in Howard. You could see that. Like I think he had a couple like three or four targets a game those first couple games, where Cohen kind of no one even heard about him. And then he was like, yeah, screw that. I'm moving on and put in, <laughs> put in a little scat back. It's like 5'7". Uh, and Montgomery can catch the ball, too, where Howard can't. I think that's where people are seeing um, his sort of takeover in the backfield. And I could definitely see a, a, a role where Cohen is just kind of a slot receiver or like a little Kamara-type back, and Montgomery is the, the Mark Ingram, if you want to say. Which would be great for that offense. Oh, I think yeah, I think it would be, too. Yeah, I mean, have a little of that uh, thunder lightning kind of vibe, you know. I think that though, I think they would they would both flourish in those roles. So cool. I just I know that you're the local guy on on Montgomery, so I wanted to test the waters there. Um, let's also talk about uh, uh, Leonard Fournette, who you do have at number twenty two, um, and I have him at seventeen. This strictly, I think Fournette strictly comes down to injury. I, I mean, I have a hard time believing that anybody. If we knew that Fournette was going to give you even 14 guaranteed games, guaranteed top 14 10. games, top 10. 
Yeah, with 14 games. <laughs> um, oh, yeah, with 12, maybe even top 10. Totally, with the workload. So is, is it fair to say that you've got him at 22, strictly concerned about the injuries? Yeah, I think I kind of – I said I kind of projected him on like 10 games as kind of a baseline because he's played – I think his highest is 13, I believe, and I think he finishes his running back seven. And then last year he played – he might have actually played like six, maybe like tried to play, and I think it was eight or nine, and he was like RB40 or something. But that offense did improve a lot with Nick Foles. Um, all the receivers building more chemistry. Um, I don't know. I think if you can get him in a value in like round. I've been picking him up in the fourth. I've, I've been picking him up in the fourth round in a few yeah, drafts. Yeah, I mean, and... you just got to take like a James White or a Cohen or something later where you know they're going to at least get you a couple points here and there a week, and they have a good floor. I agree, and Fournette is one of those guys that if I've gone, which this is not the year to go zero RB, although no, I, was a, I, was a, I was a super proponent of that. Two years ago, I did it in almost every league and crushed. Um, this is not the year to do that, though, so just to the listeners, uh, don't get cute. Um, <laughs> you need to get the, some of these running backs up at the top. But that being said, if you for, if your draft just falls – to say you have like the 12th, 11th, 12th pick, which during some mocks I've done that, and I basically fall into like a Julio and a Michael Thomas, or you know, I double up on receivers because it just makes the most sense. Then all of a sudden you're looking at like your, your RB1 might be Fournette in the fourth round. That scares me. I yeah, don't want that. Yeah, because then your next running back is going to be like, I don't even know. Carson maybe and like he's not going to provide you the 20 plus points you need out of your running backs he's going to get you 13 totally but I would feel good with let's just say let's say Julio Jones and Michael Thomas or Michael uh yeah Michael Thomas uh back to back and say like the 12th turnaround and then in the third round I got I don't know let's say Aaron Jones maybe um and then I got Fournette in the fourth round at that point I'd feel good about it if he was my RB2 with the potential upside. Because when he plays, he's going to get 25 touches a game, and he's oh, going to yeah, be a beast. Yeah. But I'm I'm worried that he even gets 10 games. So I'm banking him on upside, which is kind of the 17 floor, and you've got him down at 22, which, again, is strictly based on injury risk. Um, but let's next talk about Kenyon Drake, who I had in my kind of low RB2 range – when I was starting, um, but I'm also super bullish on Kalen Bellage. I was last year too. He finally got a, a, a chance late in the season and busted off a 75 yard reception for a touchdown. And I was texting all my homies like, I fucking told you so, you know, um, but it was a little too, too little too late. You've got Kenyon Drake all the way up at 18. I've moved him all the way down to number 26. And that basically just, I just don't think the dolphins are going to do shit on offense this year. And, Talent-wise, I think Kenyon Drake's awesome. I'm worried about the new coaching staff. I'm worried about the lack of offensive production in general. And I think Kalen Balaj is going to get an extra workload this year, taking away from Drake overall. You've got him all the way up at 18, though. Sell me on Kenyon Drake. Yeah, we were talking about it earlier. Um, Kenyon Drake last year, RB14, with what seemed like um, seemed like he didn't even play this season, basically. He had, uh, I wrote down, 37.5 the team's running back attempts, uh, 37.5%. And he had all the passing work. That's basically how he – I mean, he probably got a lot of his work from the whole uh, Miami Miracle play or whatever. But um, what I'm trying to say is Bellage, if he – if he will, when he takes running back um, attempts, which he will, he will get uh, workload. They've made that obvious um, this offseason. 
by on their first depth chart, they were Kenyon Drake or Kevin Balaj as the running back one. Um, even if Drake takes some of Gore's work, I think that it can only he can only at least stay the same. But I think I have him what down a couple eighteen. You said so. I'm going down four spots from last year, but. With Fitzpatrick, they're going to be throwing the ball. They are going to be losing all the games. So I think the game script is going to favor Kenyon Drake. Um, and he's going late sixth. And I think, I mean, hopefully people do their drafts not now. Um, I think his ADP is only going to be going down. So he's going to be a screaming value in the early seventh. Yep. And again, he is somebody that if he's my RB3 uh, or, you know, a flex or something, and I'm stacked at running backs and, and receivers – and I'm just kind of shooting, you know, shooting for upside with Kenyon Drake in the seventh, eighth round. I'm stoked. Oh, yeah. if, he, if he hits athletically, the, you know, he could be a real gem. Mm-hmm. Um, but another one of these guys that, like, on draft day in mock drafts, I'm looking at like any other, but any other guy I could draft outside of Kenyon Drake. <laughs> um, every time, I mean, I'm just like, I know he's best available, but you know, what about this guy instead? You know what I'm saying? Um, so yeah. it's kind of hard for me to pull the trigger on Kenyon Drake, but I hear you athletically again. I just, I'm going to just ride this Kalen Balaz ship, dude. I, I, I live West coast. I'm, I'm, I'm a duck. Um, I watch a lot of PAC 12 football and Kalen Balaz was a beast at Arizona state. And again, the eye test is what I go on and it's hard for me. And now Kenyon Drake was awesome at Alabama too, of course, but I just, I think once Balaj gets the opportunity, I really think he's going to make the most of it. I think that'll take away from Kenyon Drake. Um, Next couple guys are in a similar playing field. We're not going to go through these guys necessarily, but in this general kind of um, middle uh, uh, RB2 range, we have Damian Williams, uh, Devonta Freeman, who we've talked about a little bit, um, Kerryon Johnson. But sneaking up to number 15 and falling to number 21 for me is Chris Carson. We quickly alluded to him when we were talking about Rashad Penny, but um, you're six spots higher than me on Chris Carson. And again, you have Rashad Penny down at number 31. So you have a 16 spot difference, whereas I literally have them only three spots um, away. Uh, Why are you so confident that Carson is now he will be the starter. I'll give you that. And it's his job to lose. But why are you so far ahead with Carson than Penny right now? Uh, I think more – I mean, they just came out today saying Carson's been the best pass catcher. And like I said, I think the Seattle running back with the pass catching uh, work or ability is going to be the one – I mean, you can probably draft both and they're going to provide you good numbers. But the one you're going to want more, um, I think, like you said, Carson's going to be the starter. And I don't see where a Seattle running back won't thrive in that offense, if that makes sense. Like, if he gets the first couple of carries, like – He's going to, I don't know, say he breaks off a touchdown. I think Penny sits on the bench for a while. Like, I think it's just more they're going to ride the hot hand, and it's going to be hard for a running back behind that O-line with Schottenheimer, with Russell Wilson, to not um, have the hot hand. And he should get the first looks. And I'll tell you right now, if if the reports are right now, I always take, you know, anything Pete Carroll says with a grain of salt, of course. Oh, yeah. But if oh, yeah. if Carson is actually catching the ball, and if he's if he's taking that – that uh, Mike Davis role, um, and he's catching, I don't know, even five balls a game, his stock goes way up for me. But until – he didn't play in the first preseason game that I watched, right? So until I see that actually happening, I got to pump the brakes a little bit. But if he – if Carson all of a sudden is getting 15 to 20 carries plus five uh, receptions, you know, he'll, he'll he'll be in my top 15 for sure. 
But until that happens, I just think Rashad Penny is, is going to cut into it too much. Let's talk about Aaron Jones, and then we'll break into our uh, RB1s. I have Aaron Jones all the way up at number nine. I have I have spent a lot of time on this podcast uh, vouching for him. I just think he is so far uh, beyond um, Jamal Williams for the Packers with a new coaching staff and Aaron Rodgers finally able to be the head coach. I think he's just going to say, look, LaFleur, Jones is the dude. He plays every down. I'm throwing him the ball a bunch. He's going to carry the ball a bunch. They're going to be a much better offense this year, scoring a lot. I think Aaron Jones absolutely thrives. You don't think so so much. You've got him down at number 14. Yeah, I think it's more I don't see him passing the guys ahead of him. I think he has all the possibility uh, behind probably the greatest talent a quarterback ever. Um, stud receiver weapons. they got a really good defense now. I, and, I, I mean, I think him – Mac and Connor are interchangeable. I think those are really the ones you can mix around for me. Mm-hmm. I just don't see him breaking the necessarily elite running back numbers. But if he does, I think he's going early fourth, late third. And that's going to be, I mean, in a sense, a league winning pick. Yeah, I I really believe it, man. I'm I'm all in on Aaron Jones, and he's I mean he's his ADP is has ballooned all the way to the third round so it's going to be hard for me to scoop him just because in that area I might look at an elite receiver or maybe another running back like I don't know Dalvin Cook if he falls that far or like even uh Joe Mixon's starting to fall now because of the offensive line um you know Melvin Gordon depending on his situation Marlon Mack carry on Johnson but I think the biggest upside league winning potential comes with Aaron Jones um, next couple of guys are in the same ballpark, like you said. Um, Marlon Mack, uh, uh, we have Connor. A couple of guys we're not going to talk about right now because it's just too up in the air, but we're, we're just kind of differing on. I think you're ranking Gurley and Gordon as if, like, there was an actual ranking. I'm ranking them more on, like, the injury risk. So we're not going to talk about them yet. We'll come back to them as, as the chips fall. Um, I'd like to jump ahead to uh, Mixon, I think, is another one of those guys that's kind of floating around. Let's talk about Lev Bell really quick. I've got him at eight. Uh, I've taken a lot of time on the podcast to mention how much I don't hate Lev Bell as a player. I hate the Jets' offense and Adam Gase and the offensive line. You have him all the way up in your top five. Um, But I want to just make this mention – uh, you and I have put some designations color scheme to let us know how we're feeling about drafting. We have three different colors. One is a choice draft pick, a guy that we would prefer to pick. Another one is a questionable color. The next one is red, and that's basically I'd rather not have him. So I think it's interesting that you've ranked Le'Veon Bell number five, but you've color-coded him as rather not. That's kind of how I feel about him too. I've got him at eight. You've got him at five. What's your feel on Le'Veon Bell right now? Yeah, talk about a guy that I do not want to – he's really the only guy I don't want to draft in the first round. Um, that's kind of why I put him in red. Although I do have him at five, I think he will get enough work to where he will be top five in a sense. I think because it's between him and David Johnson, as you have David Johnson, and then you have Nick Chubb. I think Nick Chubb just won't be able to crack that when Kareem Hunt comes back because obviously it's, he's not going to hold off Kareem Hunt of all the carries. Um as much as I don't really like Bell, like I said, I'm not, I haven't drafted him once, and I don't think I will unless he falls into, like, the second or something. Um, I think they'll give him enough work because Adam Gase is – I don't even know the word. That he's a sort of a stand-in coach, if that makes sense. He has no clue what he's doing. Um, <laughs> the, only reason he, the only reason he got a head coaching job is because Peyton Manning was his quarterback when he was the offensive coordinator for the Broncos. So 
Yeah. Yeah, he's he's terrible. And my, my biggest issue, which I'll just mention again now that I've I've got you here on the podcast, but listeners have heard this before. My big my issue is not Le'Veon Bell as a running back. My issue is the Jets offensive line. I understand they got um you know, they got they got an upgrade with Khalil, which is nice, but like the the Jets overall finishes a bottom tier running uh, uh offensive line last year. I like Sam Donald. I think he's going to take a big step in his second year, but he's not quite there yet. They don't have a ton of weapons overall in the offense. I think their best weapon, in my opinion, is not Robbie Anderson. It's Chris Herndon at tight end, but he's actually suspended for four games. That's not going to help. Le'Veon Bell is going to get like 300 touches. Okay, fine. What is he going to be able to do with them, though? His patient running style, I think, is going to get obliterated behind not an awesome offensive line. I just don't think it's going to work out well for him with the Jets. So, unfortunately, I've, I've still got him in my top eight. I mean, you know, I'm not, like, like just completely throwing him out, but I don't think he's going to be, be, be able to be a um, top five running back for sure. And even at number eight, I don't feel good about it. So, we'll see where he lands overall. Looking at your rankings, you've got David Johnson behind him, which I just don't agree with at all. Um, Chubb, which I can live with. I understand the Kareem Hunt situation. Um, but then you've got Dalvin Cook all the way at number 11. Uh, I've got him at number seven. Is that an injury concern as well with Dalvin Cook? Yeah, 100%. I think um, the upside's obviously definitely there. We've all seen it when you watch him play. He's a freak of nature he just he's just so athletic um but yeah the injury concerns there um I don't know what his ADP is 2.04 he's going ahead of Joe Mixon Nick Chubb even like carry on Johnson Aaron Jones like guys that I'd rather wait for just because I know that I can get an elite receiver like Juju or Michael Thomas sometimes falls sometimes Julio falls like it's just more so of a I don't really want to take him uh, in a sense, kind of like Bell. Uh, that's obviously why I have them uh, both in red. Cool. Fair enough. And and again, I, I understand the concern on, on uh, Dalvin Cook. I think he's two, he's two years re- – well, I don't think. He is two years removed from the ACL. Uh, last year he had hamstring issues, which is pretty common from people that tear the ACL because your leg is just not yet back to strength. Hopefully that's all behind him. Now, could he have another injury? Of course, obviously. But if he doesn't, Damn, he's just – he's so special, dude. Oh, yeah, he's, he's – He is. Insane. So, um, okay, so now all of a sudden we've cracked the top four, and the big four is really the talk of fantasy football in general. Um, now there's a uh, there's a, a kink in the armor here because of fucking Zeke Elliott's holdout situation, which, of course, we'll get more mm-hmm. information on that as the preseason goes on. I personally – think they I think this is just kind of a him flexing saying hey you've rubbed you know you've run me to the ground and I've done nothing but be one of the best running backs for fantasy football but real life as well over the last couple of years in the league when he's played and not been suspended he's been an absolute elite running back and he knows his value and I appreciate him standing up for what he needs I don't think he's going to pull Le'Veon Bell Um, I'm actually more worried about uh Melvin Gordon, to be honest, than I am about uh, Zeke. So for me, Zeke is still my number one running back. He has been from the beginning. He still is right now. I know that he's not in the picture. If this is an issue come week one, he clearly won't be there. But as of right now, I think he does sign the papers when it matters. I don't think he's going to play much in the preseason anyway, so this doesn't concern me. He's healthy. I think he'll be fine. I like the Cowboys offense in general this year. I've got Zeke at number one. Um, You've got Barkley at number one, which I cannot – at all disagree with 
what I'd like you to do really quick, people have heard my, my rankings of my top four numerous times. I'd like you to go through your top four running backs in order and just quickly give us a reason why they're in that particular order. Okay. Yeah. Um, I just, I'll start off saying I have Zeke at three, but if he plays, he is like, not even like my one one like he is the one one in a sense, uh, which I'll go through here. I guess I'll start with Barkley then, so just go in order. So, yeah, I have him at one. Um, I think if you're not wanting to take Zeke at one, I think he's the best bet just because I think he he basically is the Giants team. Are you really, I mean, with Golden Tate out four games now, Shepard got uh, broken thumb, I believe. Uh, he might be back week one. It's him and Evan Ingram. You saw it last year. They had to rely on Barkley. Um, there is concerns that Barkley, a lot of his touchdowns came without or like out of 40 yards, um, 40 yards or out. So you can't really bank on the big plays, but I think he's going to get enough touches. Kind of like how you said 300 touches. Um, I don't even know what he had last year, but he definitely will surpass that. Um, McCaffrey at two, you have him at four. I think his um, ceiling or I guess his floor and his ceiling are super high for PPR, um, especially – the concerns of Cam uh, still banged up in the shoulder. He's just going to keep checking it down. And um, shoot, whatever their coach is, Nick Rivera basically said that they're going to limit his snaps, not his touches. So he's going to have the base of the same role as last year. And I do think the Panthers team is a little bit better than seven and nine. So I do see some positive regression there. Like I said, I have Zeke at three. Um, for him, it is really – the cow there, there is no other issues except for him holding out. The Cowboys are the best team in a sense, or I guess the Saints, but they're the Cowboys are a good team. The defense is good. He has no competition. And you saw it last year once they got Amari Cooper, he was on the same reception pace as Christian McCaffrey was. Um, but obviously there's the holdout. So for now I have him at three. Cause I think even if he misses like one game or two games, he could still beat out Kamara and then I have Kamara at four um that's just because I don't think his role's gonna change um Sean Payton basically said that and I do think Latavius Murray is a better running back than Mark Ingram and if you did watch the preseason game it was basically the same what they did last year they both played about even uh snaps right and just a heads up to uh all the listeners we didn't go over him but we both have Latavius Murray as our 25th running back. So just outside of our RB2, but we have him there. Let's not forget that the Saints have literally been the number one rushing offense in fantasy football for the last handful of years consecutive. That's with Kamara and Ingram. Um, so can Latavius Murray be Mark Ingram plus? I definitely think so. Um, so honestly, Latavius Murray could finish as a top, 15 running back no problem oh easily it's tough to rank him there because of the way we think of everything else but if he were to shake out where he and Kamara are both top 15 running backs nobody would be surprised I've got Elliott at one Barkley at two Kamara at three I just believe in the Saints offense more so than uh the Panthers um with McCaffrey at four I think uh McCaffrey will get more overall touches than Kamara probably by a lot but what Kamara is able to do with his efficiency that we thought was a fluke as a rookie, he just did it again last year. And I don't see it getting any worse unless he gets injured in that offense. So I think he'll be, be plenty fine. He's one of the best receivers in the game. I love Kamara. And honestly, I flirt constantly with putting Kamara at number two, honestly, ahead of Barkley, because like I said with uh, um, Derek Henry earlier, even more so with Barkley, 
I think that that everyone understands that he is arguably the most talented running back already in the league. So how do you stop the Giants in general? Put ten guys in the box um, and stop. Yeah, you, you don't have any. You don't have any receivers to guard with Tate. And maybe no, and you now. don't have a quarterback either. And and to be honest, yeah. I'm not going to go on the Eli Daniel Jones tangent, but Daniel Jones looked really good honestly, in his first drive, right? So he had one incompletion, 60-plus yards, and a touchdown. Eli is going to play two games, throw six picks and two touchdowns, and Daniel, Daniel, Johnson's, uh, Daniel Jones is coming in. Once that happens, is that offense going to exceed or be you know, standard? I don't think they have anybody to take away the pressure from Barkley. Is he all-world talent? Absolutely. He's also a great receiver. My problem is I just don't know that he's going to be able to – withstand the amount of pressure he's going to get this year so I flirt with putting Kamara above Barkley at number two to be honest but right now I've got Elliott Barkley Kamara McCaffrey and Johnson as my top five and you have Barkley McCaffrey Elliott Kamara and Bell as your top five so that breaks down the quarterbacks uh, and the running backs in this episode next episode we're going to get into our receiver updated receiver rankings and break down a handful of players and the tight ends as well. Yo, for a first episode together, man, with you now on the team, that was a lot of fun. I had a great time. I appreciate you jumping on, dude. That was, that was fantastic. Oh yeah. I can't, I'm excited for the rest of the 20, 25 days. So the season starts, so we got to get more episodes in. And obviously we'll have the website and stuff uh, up here soon uh, with our rankings, um, our articles, uh, whatever else we want to put on there. Excellent. Yeah, so just to recap really quick, Lucas is new to the team now, and he is going to be working on some articles. We're going to be updating and dropping the website. Also, a quick note, we do have just a couple more spots available in the TCK Pod Listener League. It has filled up pretty quickly since our last couple announcements. If you want in on that, shoot us a DM or shoot us an email ASAP. All that information coming up in the outro, but make sure you send us an uh, message that you're interested in that immediately so we can see if we can get you in if there's any room but let's uh let's wrap it up here man and next time we talk to y'all it'll be receivers and tight ends that'll do it for this episode special thanks to lucas for jumping on we have many more episodes coming up with the two of us and he is a integral part of the team at this point for tck pod he'll be working very hard behind the scenes appreciate lucas jumping on the team a reminder that if you're interested in joining the tck pod listener league to be sure to email us at tckpod at gmail.com or shoot us a dm on instagram at fantasy football underscore tck pod immediately with the hashtag tck pod ll tck pod ll to be entered in for a chance to join our league. You can also find us on Twitter at TCK underscore pod, on Facebook at the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Podcast, and shortly via our website dropping soon. If you've gained any value from this episode, please leave us a rate and review on the podcast and give us a like and a follow on the social medias. It really does mean the world to us. Make the most of the rest of your day and we'll catch you next time on the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. For Lucas Kaser, I'm Sky Guasco. And we are out of here. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.